You're listening to the Practically Pastoring Podcast, where we want to help pastors and church leaders share ideas, become better shepherds and leaders, and have a good time with friends. Welcome back to the Practically Pastoring Podcast. My name is Frank, and I am glad that you are here. We are here all fully dressed and excited to talk to you about practical things in ministry. My name is Frank down in open Baltimore, Maryland. We got Jeffrey Simpson. I'm in the full armor of God, everybody. What's up? <laughs> down in Florida, we got Andrew Larson. Oh, hello, everybody. My pants are also on. <laughs> and Timothy Miller. I- I've got most of my clothes on, but of course I'm in full Jaguars gear, as usual. Nice, nice, nice. I don't know. Uh, uh, Del, Del couldn't make it. I think he's like on a news station uh, this week or something. I, yep. I read the text way too quickly, but um, I'm glad that you guys cooking are here. Show. Okay. He's doing a cooking uh, show. He's a cooking show? Yeah, he's nice. filming a cooking show. Oh, he's filming. Okay. I thought Legit. he was like, actually cooking. Um, so there is a Facebook group that I found for pastors. I'm not going to share it because it might be the best kept secret that I want to hold on to until I realize. Such a gatekeeper, dude. I am, I'm going to gatekeep this because. The amount of anonymous posts in that group are like quadruple Huge. the amount. It's mostly just anonymous posts. It's mostly just a bunch of burnt out pastors. But it really is, I found a I found this post and I wanted to share it with you guys because I think um, I could see this being an issue in, in other churches. So I want to hear what, how, how you guys maybe if you've gone through it or what you would say to them. I am searching for wisdom on convincing my church board to expand on the church church's outreach missions giving. We have no debt, and the bank accounts continue to grow with very little going on, going to any missions or outreach. I'm ashamed to say our current amount is gi- of giving is causing a divide between myself and my elders. The board refuses to pray with me about the idea of consistently or of constantly changing the. Su- I'm misreading this, and constantly changes the subject when I bring it up. I do not feel God is leading me to leave, but I cannot convince my board that the money and the accounts belong to God. Blessings and thank you for all your service to the Lord. And may this is the Apostle Paul writing apparently. And may you all be blessed by God's grace. Okay. And so, Timothy says Tim- hi. Timothy says hi. <laughs> Jeff, dang it! <laughs> please, please pick up my cloak when I, when I come by. Yeah, okay, yeah. Hey, okay. And you two ladies, quit fighting. <laughs> so. <laughs> So and don't okay, marry guys. your stepdad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I get it. It was a good reference. Um, all right, so we have a person who's a who's a lead pastor who's having conflicts. The elders don't want to give regularly to a church outreach or a mission. Um, I, my, my first thought is this: is is one, and this is kind of, I, I feel bad because whenever we have questions like this, we often want to be like hard on the pastor and be like, that's because you're not teaching them, right? You're not discipling them or showing them good stewardship. So that could be it. Like, like, do you avoid topics about giving in your church or do you make conversations about giving and generosity only about paying bills in the church? Or do you speak about generosity as a concept in our lives where we don't hold on to hoard money? Because the way you're framing it, it seems like the elders in the best light possible without knowing the context, the elders probably want to say, we just want to make sure that the church has the abundance to never yeah. go into debt or to be able to pay bills, knowing the cost of inflation and all that stuff. Like in the best possible light, that could be it, and there could be very shrewd in the way they are um, handling money. In the, in the worst, in the worst light is that they don't understand a concept of outreach or gener- generosity towards mission being a worthwhile venture. In which 
you can't change people where they don't know the value of it. So that may be saying like, hey, if we won't pray about changing the budget this this year, can we read a book about missions and giving and why it's important for the church to help? Like, that's my first initial thought. What do you guys think? Well, I totally get the tension. I mean, um, yeah, I think it's easy to just point the finger at the pastor and say, hey, but what we also don't know is how long he's been serving there. Is this the rotten fruit of someone else's ministry? Has the church gone through some, like, maybe a past pastor stole a bunch of money or did something like that, and now they're very, like, it sounds like the, it's that that atmosphere of the church board sees part of their role as protecting the church from the pastor. Um, and that can be a dangerous, it's just not a healthy place. Um, but what I would say practically you can do is I would ask this guy, are you personally supporting any missionaries? Uh, and if so, can they come speak to your church? And don't even make it an issue. Just, hey, this is a missionary that I know, and I want to have him come talk to the church and just give him some of your sermon time on a few Sundays a year if he's around. Uh, don't make it a passive-aggressive move against your board. Don't do that. Don't antagonize them. But you can also demonstrate by, part of your role as a pastor is to be an example to the congregation, and your elders are part of the congregation. So are you personally supporting any missionaries, any church plants, any outreach ministries in your in your area. Um, so that's one step one. And then step two, just because they're not giving to missions or outreach doesn't mean you can't talk about missions or outreach in your service. So it, maybe it's maybe it's a a three to five year project to see people become in in of one mind about this, where you are bringing up missions and outreach in your service. We have a thing we call missions moments. In our service, part of that's because we're part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, so it's kind of part of our DNA. But um, if you're part of a denomination that has a mission board, you know, just make it a matter of awareness. Hey, congregation, this is part of who we are. Here's stories from the mission field. Make that part of your normal Sunday service for a while, and I would say give yourself a long on ramp to this. Don't make this like an immediate either they have to change or I'm gone kind of thing. Like. Be patient. It takes people a long time to change their mind. It takes us a long time to change our mind. So just demonstrate it for them. Give them an awareness of it. And then obviously pray prayerfully. Ask the Lord to bring you all in of one accord. And your mind might need to change a little bit too. You might need to see things their way a little bit as well. My first thought when I read this was, this is a pastor who has not been there long and a board who has been there for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And and that doesn't mean that the board is right and that the pastor is wrong. It just means that there are reason you know there there are reasons for every church budget, no matter what church you're at, there's a reason that it's set up the way it is. And one of the things that I've kind of been saying to my myself and has been you know part of some some work that I've been been doing um, for some research is just the reminder that you don't you you need to know what church you pastor. I think in our minds, especially when we're when we're young pastors or when, when we are new to a job, we have this hypothetical ministry that we get to pastor and we get to kind of create this church in our own image or the image of what our values are. But if the church was perfect and wonderful and healthy and all those things, chances are they wouldn't have called you. And I'm not saying that as an insult to this pastor. I'm just saying that if everything was going wonderfully, the job probably wouldn't have been been open. So you need to pastor the church that you have, not the church that you want, Oof. because the only way for that church to become the church that you want is, like Jeff said, it's a, it's a long onboarding process. It doesn't happen overnight. So cast vision, and guess what? Boards change. 
boards change, and the pastor typically has a lot of say in who's coming onto the board. So cast vision, find people in your congregation that are above reproach and have a passion for missions, and guess what? Every couple of years, you bring a few of them on, and next thing you know, you are funding everything there is. And then your building starts falling apart, and the old board members say, see, this is why we weren't uh, – you know. but still, pastor the church that you have, not the church that you want. Yeah, I get I yeah. get the tension here because this is this was I mean very much a part of Lakeview for a long time. We had a few that were very adamant about wanting to give more to missions, and we actually had a lot of debt at the time. And I, I see where you you said you don't have any debt, but that doesn't mean you don't have bills. And the the big reason we weren't giving more to missions, I, I would say, it was two reasons. One was probably um, out of fear, just because of the state of the church, and two was we were. We were overpaying our staff. Like, there's just no way around it. Like, we, 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 well, one member of the staff. I wasn't going to say that, but typically the percentage of our budget was, was very, very skewed to a single staff position, which limited our funds because we were at the time, you know, a pretty struggling church. And about six years ago, we decided, you know what, we're going to, like you said, Jeff, this is where the process started. It was about six years ago. We're going to incrementally raise the missions budget over time. We started at 1% of the budget. In June of 2023, that would be two months ago right now, we announced to the congregation that we are now giving 15% of every dollar that comes in out to missions, which is, and that's not the budget. That that means if you're over giving, we've out given the budget, that means more money is going to missions. And people have responded so well to that philosophy. But I, cool, I get the pastor's heart. Like, you want to be a church known for caring about missions and outreach, but it is going to take time. I just, I've never seen an overnight switch here, but I do get that tension that you're going to have to live in and pastor in for probably longer than you want. But it will be worth it. And I'm, I'm glad that he said he doesn't feel God is leading him to leave. So that's that's a good sign there that he wants to to take this seriously and, and to work on this with his with his leaders. But it's not a short road. It's not. And that's, and that's not. okay. Yeah. Because the things that, are, that, that happen quickly go away quickly. But something that becomes a part of the church culture stays a part of the church culture. I think you have to be careful, too. Like, in this situation where it sounds like the beginnings of bitterness— um, or it could be. I think you have yep. to really be cautious that in your attempt to call members of your church to maturity, that you don't demonstrate immaturity in that attempt to call them. Because, you know what I mean? Don't let yourself fall into sin by wanting to call someone else upward into like better outreach and missions giving. Because it's very, I think it's very easy as pastors to look down on people who don't think about things the same way that you think about them and forget that, yes, these are elders within my church with me, but it, you know, all throughout the new Testament, most commonly like the apostle Paul refers to the churches as brothers and sisters. There isn't this like hierarchy of I'm above all of you and you need to be, you know, as mature as me. I mean, he says, follow me as I follow Christ, but that is a very like inclusive. He's trying to make all of us equal. So these elders are, members of your congregation who happen to lead with you who are your brothers. So if if you're not seeing things the same way they are, don't let yourself fall into sin and fall into pride and arrogance against them 
as you attempt to call them to something that's good. So, you know, another first step could be just doing an assessment with them, like asking the treasurer, hey, can we just break down all of our expenses into these categories? Outreach, you know, operations and whatever other categories you want to have, uh, you know, staffing. Just see where the percentages are. I mean, I, I would assume that would be a good first step just for you. I mean, don't even share that with the board maybe at first. And then as opportunity brings itself, you know, share with them, hey, we're only giving half a percent of anything even to anything even remotely outreach. And I would say probably start with outreach before you go global missions on this. Um, because a lot of times people in this kind of situation are more willing to go, okay, well, yeah, I can understand. Let's try and help the school across the street before we're building you know, stuff across the world. So it's baby steps. Be patient. Continue to pursue in your own life relationship with Jesus so that you're demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit as you're leading them in this direction. And make sure you define – we had this conversation, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Define outreach because I think yeah. that – like, Because yeah. um, outreach isn't marketing, right? Like I think sometimes we've treated outreach like marketing where it's just like we just want more eyes – on the church, so we're going to go to a farmer's market and hand out bags with our logo on it. And outreach That's, might not necessarily mean evangelism. Yeah, it you might know, not mean make evangelism. Make those distinctions. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. It could be just like blessing teachers at a local school, or you know, paying. I mean, this is like the one one thing that church has been doing. I think is really beautiful. Is like paying off the the lunch debt for an entire elementary school or something like that. You know, like that that kind of generosity with asking for nothing in return is a beautiful form of outreach, but having that clarity here, because what if you, your, your elders like, okay, 5% of the budget is now for outreach. And then you propose something that's like maybe beautiful, but now people are going to be like, wait, so they're not even going to know it's from us or like, how would the people come back? Yeah. Like, like those conversations you're going to have to have. And and okay, this is now I'm going to get my soapbox because I just had this conversation. Uh, a couple Do weeks it, ago. Frank. Uh, Do it. I, in my I, in my sermon, I talked about um, I talked about uh, the food pantry at my campus. We have a food pantry, and they serve um, financial. Sorry, they serve like food to people, like groceries for people who are who need the food, right? And um, what's great is they're fairly self sufficient. Like they they have money coming in, and people donating groceries, and and it's pretty great. And they serve probably a hundred families a week. And so of those 100 families, maybe like five of them started coming to our church, attending our church. But that's not what the point of this. The point of this is someone came up to me and said, hey, in the food pantry, are you feeding the homeless? And I said, um, you know, there might be a handful of people who live in their car that come and get food from the food pantry. And if we find out that they don't actually have a home, we try to give them food that doesn't need a can opener or doesn't need to be heated up. But for the most part, these are people who are living like in lower income areas or are, you know, lost their job or something like that. And the guy told me, he said, you know, you have to be careful because some people who are in those, you know, who are just coming for free food are just looking for a handout. And you don't want to enable that kind of laziness. And I remember thinking, you just don't know our people. Like people who, people who drive to food pantries typically aren't necessarily lazy people who are looking for a handout. They're in that situation for a reason and they're looking for help. But if you do, if you propose to the elder board that you want to give to a food pantry and you have folks who think that way, they're going to be like, you want to throw our good hard earning money to 
woke causes and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to very carefully define that. I actually do like what Jeff said, like start with outreach first and then talk about global missions because you can definitely make a more uh, like visual impact in your own community before you can see the impact of like translating Bibles or or supporting a church plant in India or something like that. This so, is the time anyways. of year to do it too. Or you know, yeah. get get your kid get the kids ministry involved with Operation Christmas Child. Easy win. That's the easiest win ever. And it's a great thing. It teaches kids about the global impact of the gospel and it's about the most low hanging fruit there is when it comes to any kind of international missions as well. So this is the time of year. There's gonna be angel tree, there's gonna be all you know, put up a put up an angel tree in your lobby. I mean there's so yeah. many ways to get can you explain, it done without can you explain the angel tree. For people angel who don't Tree, know. Um, there's probably hundreds of organizations that do Angel Tree, but find one, Google Angel Tree in your area, and there are different children's homes or foster organizations or whatever it may be that they kind of get the Christmas list of, of kids that are not going to have Christmas presents, and they kind of make an ornament out of each kid with their Christmas list, and you go and you take that ornament off the tree and you do the Christmas shopping for that kid or that family. And it's a real easy way that your church can participate, and it doesn't affect your budget. There are people in the church, and you have people in your church, the closer and closer we get towards Christmas, that are not used to being in your church, and they might not put a check in the offering box, but, but they will jump in on, yeah, but they will jump yeah. in and do something like this. And so it gets your people living missionally, especially those that are not used to already con uh, contributing financially, and it's a visual easy easy win that people can see you can um sometimes your local city's health department will mm -hmm. have stuff yep. like that that will be like hey we actually have a list of kids who or an elementary get, school or a middle school or an elementary school. school yeah and here's and listen as a pastor this is the easiest way to do it set up a, a, a email or a phone call with a with a principal of a school or um you know the va if you have a va in your community to, talk, to, to help care for veterans or something or a children's hospital, if you have one of those in your community, and just say, hey, listen, um, we, I just want to have a conversation. How can we as a church support you? Like, how can we come alongside you? Like, what, what needs do you see? And they will start talking, and they will tell you everything. You take that information and think, what's one thing that you could do as a church? And that could be, okay, there are 125 kids at your local elementary school who are on free and reduced lunch. All right, how can we help love those kids? There's 125 kids. You, know, like, you can start figuring that out very quickly by just having an open, candid conversation of saying, if a church could come alongside you and help you, what would you? What would your dream be? They, would, they will talk to you because not a lot of churches are helping them. Not a lot of organizations are helping them. They're begging for help. You, you'd be a big help. So. Especially if you would, say, yeah. and you don't have to put our church's name all over everything. We're just going to help you. You're yeah, just you're trying to shift pastors like don't feel like you have to have all the answers here because I think right. sometimes for smaller church pastors like okay now I have to come up with a list of organizations that we're going to support if I at do at the busiest time of the year right so I would say to you pastors find the five or six people in your congregation that are fired up about outreach and missions and task them with this to do some research to start meeting regularly we have a mission outreach team at Lakeview and one of our elders is on that team and we tell them every month, here's your budget, and then they come to us with, hey, here's what we'd love to support. Here's the missionaries that are going to ongoing support. Here's a new project that we've been researching. Would you guys pray about this? 
And then it, it becomes a, a running item on the agenda at our elder meeting where we get an update from the mission outreach team. So we're constantly nice. involved with them. But I myself am not having to make those calls or do all of that. I, we're just tasking and empowering church members to do that, which they're fired up about it anyways. I've heard of churches doing uh, like a once a quarter, they collect something. School supplies, yep. backpacks, food. Baby um, bottles you know, filled uh, with change. Yeah. You're you're trying to get the shift. It sounds like the these elders have a view of like the church is a is a storehouse and we need to make sure that we have and you want to shift them into thinking of the church as a clearinghouse. Like we have assets and money in order to give away. When the when the church is done being a church, there shouldn't be anything left because everything has moved through us and gone you know, gone out into the community to serve. So that's the goal long term, but just be, don't let yourself become bitter. Don't let yourself. I could just hear myself years ago hearing all these ideas if I was him and in my head going, yeah, they'll never go for that. And if you're telling yourself that in your head, like you're in a bad place of bitterness against your congregation and you need to repent of that. Mm, that's good. Um, for the second question, uh, this one was also something that I was. Uh, Speaking this, of is wild. this is yeah, this is this wild. is bonkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just had a conversation with an elder about a deacon he had heard is living a homosexual lifestyle. He ha- he said it's something he heard through another person not involved with our church. We he he wants to know how we address it with the deacon. I haven't seen anything to suggest that this is this man that this is happening in this man's life. Any suggestions? Okay, so this was posted like a week ago, I think. Um, and, uh, I haven't, you know, and, and, or actually it's probably at this point, it's probably been posted two weeks ago. So I'd, I'd be interested to know if there's an update to the story, but, uh, can I just say that really quickly? Don't trust hearsay. <laughs> You're saying like, yo, like, uh, send a text message. Hey, this is weird and awkward. I'm so sorry. And this is the elder <laughs> needs to do this, not the pastor. Like, Hey, elder, you are supposed to be uh, you know, a co-laborer with me. You go to the person. This is a real easy thing. Yeah. And if it comes back that he is, well, that's a different conversation. But f- give him a phone call. Take him to coffee. F- send a text message. Good. I don't feel like this is that hard of a question to figure out. Yeah, I'm totally with you. This 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 should be addressed immediately from from the elder. It doesn't need to go to the pastor. The elder goes right to the person. This is weird. This is awkward. Can we clear the air here and just see where it goes from there? Like, I, well, what if I, the I don't elder doesn't have options a- you have? What if the elder doesn't have a personal relationship with the deacon? Like, he just knows the deacon goes to his church, but, like, he heard this, and so that's why he's bringing it with the pastor, because the pastor probably has a relationship with the deacon. I mean, my first thought is, like, like I wonder if this deacon is single, and that's the, the, the you know, why is he single and he's 40? You know what I'm saying? Like, like what? Like, I, I just get really nervous, because it's someone knows someone who's sharing something about this person, and, and it just doesn't seem healthy. It, just, it seems a little icky to me. But you can insert any sin issue here. Hey, I heard this person was doing this something. And like, okay, let's talk through this. Let's address this. It doesn't have to just be sexual sin. It could be anything. But it's still a a Matthew 18 model. Yeah, but let's be real. People are only going to care if it's a sexual sin. Of course. I had had a very long and painful meeting this morning, so I'm a little bit fired up. But good grief. They they tend to elevate certain sins. Some sins get elevated and people get cranky. I get it. Yeah, I mean, hey, I heard one of your deacons uh, drives twelve miles above the speed limit on the interstate. What should we do? I'm going to call them directly and confirm that this happened. I heard from another it. guy who yeah. heard from another guy, though. That's 
There's hearsay you, on hearsay, and so you've got gossip Somebody going that on. I know is a part of the same car club that one of your deacons is a part of, and he said that he drives his red car very fast. Mm. What are you going to do about it, Pastor? Mm. What are you going to do about it? I'm sorry. I'm done now. I doubt it. You're probably Jeff, what's your, what's your wisdom on this, Jeff? Uh, man, I, I mean, I don't think I have anything that anybody else hasn't said. I don't think you can go um, from the pastor who's hearing this from an elder who heard it from a deacon or from another person. I don't think the pastor can go right to that deacon because I think that's like you're just basically the problem is you are you are enabling gossip now at this point and you're enabling like a pretty toxic leadership environment to to happen. And what you're doing is rewarding this elder uh, for gossiping. And, and like, for maybe not this deacon de- is just a Jaguars fan. Could be. I mean, that could be. That is a very floral shirt, Tim. Um, so anyway, yeah, I would definitely tell the elder, well, um, you need to confirm this with that other person. I, I mean, you need to talk to that other person and ask what evidence he's going off of. Like, is this just because he saw him with another person, another male in public, and he's making assumptions? Or like, what would make you think that that's going on? Uh, and so then that elder needs to handle that and come back. I don't think the pastor going Andrew and to I have person. lunch almost every week. I'm wondering if someone's going to report. Hey, man. There's, uh, Hold on. So now is it guilt by record, association when I've come to lunch with the two of you? Tim is the, Tim is the yes. one who insists on sitting on the same side of the booth as me. I think that it's is, weird. It's easier those, to share food that way. Those booths are small. Is, if, is one of you left-handed and one right-handed? Because that really, that really helps. Yes, Tim's a lefty. You are. So am I. Yeah, I think the Frank elder has is to go. Crying. <laughs> Frank the has elder... muted his microphone. And he's wiping his eyes. <laughs> this this is just such a ridiculous thing. Like how is yeah. how is this? I was hard trying to, to keep it out? together. I I refuse. Yeah, go talk to the guy, but not the guy that mm-hmm. got accused out of nowhere. I think from the way this question's even asked, I think the 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 pastor knows this is like a goofy thing. Like this is yeah. weird on the elder's part. Um, I think uh, this is. He probably I, knows the right answer, but doesn't really want to do it because none of us want to do it. And so he's hoping somebody would be like, well, you need to do this or that. That gets him out of telling the elder, go back and talk to the guy. I mean, I think the reality is, as elders, they're probably thinking about the church more than the average congregant are. And they're probably seeing these things and picking these up. And they should. Like there should maybe be some like elder training of like, if you're hearing about sin from hearsay, your job isn't to go to the pastor and the pastor's going to fix everything. You're an elder. Like you should be able to at least begin that conversation. And if the elder finds out that this guy is living a homosexual lifestyle, then bring it to the pastor. Then we have this bigger conversation. But till then, the person that might have said this is might just be spreading gossip. Or slander. They're not involved with our church. Is this the word of an unbeliever? Is this the word of a past member who's mad about something? I mean, that's a huge variable there that you need to clear up before um, you address it with the deacon. You know, the elder needs to go to the person who told him this information and ask for clarity. It can't just be, well, I heard so and so is living in a gay lifestyle, and, and that you take that as gospel. Because if this is handled poorly, that deacon's like whole like 
relationship well, too with the late. church. It's already being handled poorly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't keep going. <laughs> well, I'm saying like his relationship with this church, this elder, and maybe even his faith could be shipwrecked simply because he was accused of something that isn't true. Now, if it is true, that this needs to be brought up and, and, yeah. and like cared for. But like, I just get so nervous that he's getting. He, he's like an Andrew and Tim. They just get lunch regularly, and someone doesn't understand why they sit the same side of the booth. <laughs> but if that's the case, <laughs> they need to they need to show. They need it's to be weird that they... they get one milkshake with two straws. But look, there was a season that Zach and Kelly were purely platonic. They still shared milkshakes. That's true. Good point, Andrew. Okay. <laughs> Compare yourself to Zach and Kelly. That's great. All right. Well, <laughs> if you. Uh, have thoughts we about this? We know that I'm or... Zach, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, please share it in the Facebook group. We want you there. That's where the conversation keeps going. And uh, yeah, we are excited again. We uh, just a quick, uh, quick promo again. We're the the what is a campus pastor podcast is in the middle. We've had great feedback. We have a lot of um, uh, uh, awesome conversations about what it means to be a campus pastor. Plus some great interviews. So please share this. Share what is the campus pastor with a friend, but also share this And a podcast. Charlie Conway Mighty Ducks jersey. Uh, yeah, I was wearing a Charlie um, Conway Mighty Ducks jersey. I'm a big yeah. fan of uh, Charlie Conway. Remember they called him Spazway? Good. That was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's a, it's a fun jersey. Hey, this has been fun. Uh, join the Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram. Frank, I was, like I was expecting next steps on that announcement. What next That's what campus pastors do, right? Oh, you yeah, get next is. steps. Yeah, yeah. Follow up. Go to our <laughs> fill out connect card, and uh, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll Thank see you. we'll see you next time. Go to our All website, right. scan I- this QR code, and someday you might meet the real pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Mine wasn't even mean, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Frank Gill. I'm Jeff Simpson. I'm Andrew Larson, and I'm Timothy Miller. This is partly pastor. See you next week. Bye. Have a good lunch, guys. Thanks for listening. Get connected to other pastors by joining the Practically Pastoring Facebook group, where we get to share ideas and make each other better.